Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, January 16th, 2018, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We do have some spots still available for our two upcoming Starseed Quests to Arkansas, but they're filling fast. The first one is for Athena's birthday, the spring equinox, which is March 16 through 19. And for Pleiadian lineup, it's May 18th through the 21st. All you need to have is at least one galactic star marking on your astrological chart at 25, 26, or 27 degrees of any sign. This is a soul group reunion in the crystal capital of the world designed to enable a catalyst for starseed empowerment to higher frequencies. If this sounds like what you've been looking for, just write to crystals, that's plural, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S, at starseedhotline.com for more details. Our guest this evening is Tim Ray, founder and CEO of the United Intentions Foundation. As a young college student, he learned about the mind-body connection as the key to health. He thought he saw similar strong connections between service and people and the health of a business bottom line. Led by those two insights, Tim's multifaceted career as a leader in healthcare, creator of educational programs and business owner, found exceptional success. Even with a strong vision and mission, Tim found the hardest work by far was keeping a positive, powerful focus on how he intended to live. With little time and a world full of distractions, he wanted a relaxing and simple way to focus in the midst of everyday struggle. Working with the techniques he accumulated over the years brought great success and satisfaction to Tim's family and career life. You can learn these skills to practice and experiment on the United Intentions website. The United Intentions Foundation is a 501c organization with a free online community providing unique resources to help manifest your intentions one intention at a time. The United Intentions Foundation is set on providing resources to empower and awaken all people to the power of their intentions. And you can check out their website at unitedintentions.org. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics, topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight for anyone who may have a question or comment for our guest. Check out our online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other starseeds because of Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here at Blog Talk and you'll get our weekly show notice so you know what's coming up. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. 
And for those who need healing of any kind, whether it's emotional, physical, or spiritual, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference for you. And if you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want that chart to be interpreted, you'll need to order it at least two or three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So first off tonight, I want to introduce Anastasia with her fascinating Starseed News. Hey, Anastasia. Hello there. Hello, everybody. Great to be back. Missed you all. Well, we've got lots. Yeah, I'm glad you did. (laughs) That's great. Well, can you guess how long a cosmic year might be, Ariel? Uh, A cosmic year? A cosmic year, yes. Different from a light year? Yes, yes, actually it is. Um, We'll we'll start our answer with this. Um, Our Milky Way galaxy is a collection of several hundred billion stars. Now, it has an estimated diameter of 100,000 light years. Now, our sun uh, circumnavigates the Milky Way because in space everything moves. And the sun travels through the galaxy at a speed of about 140 miles per second. Wow. Well, likewise, a typical estimate of how long it takes the sun to make its circuit around the galaxy is about 230 million years. And that period of time is known as a cosmic year. So there you have it. 230 million years is a cosmic year. And, by the way, astronomers call the sun's motion through the Milky Way galaxy by a great old name. They call it the apex of the sun's way. I think that's very poetic. It's lovely. And it certainly puts the brief span of our mortal existence in a humbling light, pun intended. (laughs) 230 million years is a cosmic year. Wow. Well, we're going to have a full moon January 31st. It's going to be a blue moon because it will be the second of two full moons in one calendar month. We had a a full moon earlier this month at first. And moreover, on January 31st, that super moon will stage a total eclipse of the moon. Therefore, it will be a super blue moon eclipse. Now. I have another question for you about cosmic timing. Do you know what a lunar month is? (laughs) Well, I didn't either. Uh A lunar month is the duration between successive new moons. It has a mean period of 29 days, 12 hours, and 44 minutes. Now, that's the average, but the length does vary throughout the year. Well, the new moon coming up right now tonight brings to an end the longest lunar month of this century. This is the longest lunar month of the 21st century. Up until the year 2100, there will not be a longer lunar month than there is right now tonight. And this this, uh, lunar month began with the new moon on December 18th, which lasted for 29 days, 19 hours, and 47 minutes. And this new moon tonight also begins the longest complete lunar month of this year which will end on the new moon, February 15th. So, significant astrological events, and I think that's an important one for those of you that follow moon cycles. So this is it tonight, the longest lunar month of this century. Well, in Russia, they had a bright flash in the night sky over a region called Tartarstan. And I got this from Siberian Times, which reported that 
there was an exceedingly bright flash that turned night into day over a wide swath of Russia the first week of January. Now, some media reported that the flash caused speculation about a U.S. airstrike over North Korea. And since then, of course, we've had the Hawaii incident. But anyway, uh, people are wired for that. Nobody knew what it was, though. They just knew that the night turned into day. So then people thought it might be a meteor, but there were no reports about meteors at all, either in the International Meteor Organization or the American Meteor Society over that region of the planet. People reported that the black sky suddenly turned momentarily deep blue, as if it was a bright day. And according to some accounts, the earth shook and moved. Now, experts are insisting there were no reports of missile tests or explosions, nor were there reports of meteorites striking the earth. Witnesses reported that they had the feeling that something massive had happened, but nobody knows what. And in in the Philippines, nearly 15,000 people have been evacuated as of yesterday. Mount Mayon, which is the most active volcano in the Philippines, has continued to erupt, forcing these people to evacuate. There was a thick ash cloud around the volcano. It's made monitoring its eruptions difficult and causing ash to settle on nearby villages. They are expecting, anticipating a large explosion from that volcano. Well, we're going to be uh, Earth-centered in uh, this evening's broadcast, and I wanted to start by talking about the ramifications of Trump's decision to decrease the size of the Utah monuments. Now, national monuments across the country are home to incredibly diverse ecological, geological, and cultural resources. And I'm particularly fond of that part of the country. It is a beautiful, really awesome area of the planet. Now, right now, there is an intense and precedent-setting legal battle that's ahead for President Trump, who downsized Bears Ears and Grand Stairs, excuse me, Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments. Now, the environmental groups uh, around the region and five Native American tribes, the Navajo Nation, the Pueblo of Zuni, the Hopi, and two Ute tribes, have joined together for a lawsuit against the Trump administration. They are charging that the President of the United States has no power to decrease the size of national monuments like Bears Ears. They said that the President's actions go beyond simple boundary adjustments. This is a direct challenge to the purposes of the Antiquities Act. Now, the Antiquities Act will no longer be a reliable conservation tool, and every national monument that was established through the Act can no longer be considered permanently protected. Now, this part of the country, particularly the Red Canyon area of Bears Ears, is known for its Triassic period fossils. And, surprise, surprise, it contains extensive uranium deposits, a lot of money in the ground. Well, here's a fact. Shrinking Bears Ears from 1.35 million acres to 201,000 acres removes more than 1 million acres of land from national monument status and removes all legal protections for that. This represents disruption to ecosystems. The administration's new declaration specified that they will allow for active vegetation treatment in both Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante, which will most certainly lead to toxic defoliation to replace native plants with perennial grass cover. The uh, plaintiffs in the lawsuit are worried about artifacts and cultural heritage that will be affected, 
and spiritual lands to the Native Americans. There are priceless cultural and archaeological sites in Bears Ears that would be vulnerable to looting and vandalism, as they were for many years prior to the monument designation. Bears Ears cultural landscape contains more than 100,000 cultural and archaeological sites, making it one of the most significant archaeological areas in the United States. Also, motorized vehicles and hundreds of new roads will be allowed and mining will be permitted around Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante, which will open the land to drillers and frackers who were banned by the overturned Antiquities Act. So there is quite an uproar over this and for a very, very good reason. Well, we've had some stunning victories, though, for global conservation prior to the establishment and maturing uh, year uh, months of the Trump presidency. For instance, you all sit up in the front of your chairs for this. This is fun. Chile set aside 11 million acres of land for national parks in Patagonia following the largest ever private land donation from a private entity to a country. Someone gave back to Chile 11 million acres of land to create national parks in Patagonia. Is that awesome? China invested more than $100 billion into treating and preventing water pollution and launched nearly 8,000 water cleanup projects in 2017. All of these are things that happened last year, by the way. Also, the United States, Russia, and China, and the European Union reached a deal to make the Arctic off-limits to commercial fishers for the next 16 years. Last July, 1.5 million people in the Indian state of Madhya Pradesh planted more than 67 million trees in a 12-hour period. It set the Guinness Book of World Records. 67 million trees in a 12-hour period. Wow. Now, a province in Pakistan announced that it has planted one billion trees in two years, and that was their response to the terrible floods that they had in 2015. Now, last August, the Canadian government and Inuit group signed a deal to create the Serengeti of the Arctic, which is the largest marine reserve in the country's history. And one of the world's largest marine parks was created off the coast of Easter Island, that this park will protect 142 species, including 27 that are threatened with extinction. How cool is that? Wow. Now, China, in the meantime, has carried out its largest ever crackdown on pollution. It actually fined and jailed officials in 80,000 factories, 40% of the country's total, to crack down on pollution in China. And in Indonesia... Last year, they pledged $1 billion to clean up their seas from plastic. And in the meantime, Kenya announced a ban on plastic bags, and Chile said it will ban them in its coastal cities. And did you know that 30 nations in the world now have existing or impending bans on plastic bags in place? Eleven countries continued their plans to build a wall of trees from east to west across Africa in order to push back the desert. And in Senegal, that tactic is already starting to work. In Cameroon, they committed to restoring over 12 million hectares of forest in the Congo Basin. And Brazil started a project to plant 73 million trees, the largest tropical reforestation project in history. That's not all. 
Mexico's government created a new 148,000 uh, square kilometer ocean reserve, which they're calling the Galapagos of North America, for the con uh, conservation of hundreds of species, including rays, humpback whales, sea turtles, lizards, and migratory birds. And last year, the ozone hole shrunk to, shrunk to its smallest size since 1988, which was the very same year that the song Don't Worry, Be Happy topped the charts. So the ozone small hole excuse me, is smaller than it was since 1988. But that's not all. That's not all the good news. China approved a national park 60% larger than Yellowstone, which people are saying was a big win for two of the world's most endangered big cats, the Amur Leopard and the Tiger. In Taiwan, it became the first Asian country to ban the eating of cats and dogs, with new laws imposing fines for consumption and jail time for killing and cruelty. Now, a decrease in population in the Ganges brought Gangetic dolphins, which is one of four freshwater dolphin species in the world, back from the brink of extinction. And Germany has banned fur farming. That, followed, that was followed by similar decisions in Japan and Croatia last year. And Vietnam they agreed to end bear farming and said it would work to rescue over 1,000 remaining caged bears. China agreed to ban the domestic ivory trade, and the U.K. government banned the sale and export of all ivory items. Gucci, the uh, clothes designer, announced that it would go fur-free this year and auction off all remaining fur items. And one of China's richest women announced a $2 billion donation for wildlife conservation, which is the largest environmental philanthropic pledge of all time. A woman is donating a $2 billion donation for wildlife conservation, the biggest ever. Wow. And finally, the Indian government officially banned the use of all wild animals in circus performances, which was a tremendous problem of abuse in India. has been forever. They banned it. And to follow, the Italian Parliament did the same. Forty nations now have animal circus bans in place. Wow, that's a lot of progress. And actually, I probably could have read more. Um, there's been a lot more things than that. I picked highlights. I probably skipped 45 items. So oh, wow. there is a lot of reason to have hope in this way because people are waking up to responsibility with the environment. And it's just wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Did any of you out there really know that, that this is a worldwide effort? Could you have imagined that countries are actually beginning to take action to preserve the environment like this? Uh, many countries are, are uh, tightening up on their emissions from power plants and uh, chemicals, uh, chemical uh, cleanups and so on. So um, many things are being done on, by many nations to improve the status of the planet. I think that is wonderful, wonderful news. Things we don't hear about on our news, but there it is. So take hope. Action is happening to help the planet. Uh, we did have an incident last week uh, in, in uh, the Greek-Macedonia border. Uh, seven earthquakes crushed, uh, struck northern Greece in less than 24 hours. Seven earthquakes. There was a 5.2 magnitude, and then there were smaller ones. 
on the Richter scale. But they uh, started around midnight and proceeded uh, in 24 hours. They had seven quakes. Well, um, we are starting 2018 with the discovery of 85 new species. You guys get this. Just get this. Researchers at the California Academy of Sciences, along with several dozen international collaborators, added 85 new plant and animal species to Earth's tree of life, including 16 flowering plants, 3 scorpions, 10 sharks, 22 fish, a lizard, an elephant shrew, and a slew of other species. The scientists made their discoveries in five continents and three oceans. And scientists are telling us, get this, guys, that more than 90% of species have yet to be discovered, with many going extinct before we even know they exist. Wow. You just think, you just think about that. You know, everything I have read uh, from the news, uh, news page tonight is humbling. It, it, there's a wide, wide range of forces going on, pulling in all directions. And in the middle of this, the message is from the, uh, the arc of the sun's uh, circumnavigation through the galaxy to the fact that we only know about uh, 10% of the species that are on this planet um, puts, should put us and our mindsets in a very humbling light. There is so much to discover and so much to become and so much potential to be realized. It's really a very exciting time to be alive. Well, there's a new study out about dogs and cats. I thought about you, Ariel, when I read this, <laughs> as well as myself and other people that like dogs. And I like cats, too. Don't get me wrong. I have one, as a matter of fact. But according to a new study, dogs possess more brain power than cats. <laughs> the study counted the number of neurons. Now, that's kind of creepy, but they did. <laughs> they counted the number of neurons in the brains of a number of cats and dogs. And these cells, uh, the neurons, are associated with thinking, planning, and complex behavior. That These are things that are considered signs of intelligence. Well, the study found that dogs possess significantly more neurons than cats. Now, as far as cats and dogs go, the study found that dogs have about 530 million cortical neurons, while cats have, hmm, so sorry, 250 million. <laughs> By contrast... Guess how many our human brains have? Neurons, cells. 16 billion. 16 billion we have. That's a lot. That's but a big difference. Dogs, dogs have a little bit more than uh, twice as much as kitty cats. So dog lovers won't be surprised. But there it is. And they did say in the study, by the way, that golden retrievers were considered to be the most intelligent of the dog species. Dogs. Uh, golden retrievers had the most intelligent neurons over all the other doggies. Oh, boy, I'll get letters over that, won't I? But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what they said. And golden retrievers are cool. Um, I just want to take one second to read you one more story, and then we'll conclude, because this is kind of important. And a lot of you probably have already heard about this, so uh, I might be able to skip it, but I still, I've been wanting to uh, read this for a long time now, so I'm going to share it with you. Uh, the headline was, The Retired Navy Pilot David Fraber Describes 2004 Encounter with a UFO Off the San Diego Coast. Now, I, 2004 Encounter. This century. 
A Navy pilot is claiming that he encountered a mysterious aircraft off the coast of San Diego in 2004, and video from the Department of Defense has kicked off talk of UFOs and the possibility of alien life into overdrive. This has been going on for weeks. Now, the New York Times shared an interview with now-retired Commander David Fravor amidst news that for the first time a spokesman confirmed that a program to research UFOs existed at the Pentagon. Now, this man's encounter was one of the uh, Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, uh, was the one that they were investigating, according to reports by the New York Times and the Washington Post. This man says that he and another pilot were with the USS Nimitz, training an F-A-18F Super Hornets about 100 miles out in the Pacific Ocean, when someone on the Navy cruiser USS Princeton contacted them by radio about a mysterious aircraft. The ship had been tracking objects that were described as being whitish, 40 feet long and shaped like Tic Tacs, that would appear suddenly 80,000 feet up and then descend toward the ocean and hover at 20,000 feet before dropping out of radar range or blasting back up into the sky. Now, the ship and the pilots worked together to track one of the aircraft, and when the pilot got close enough to examine one, it peeled away. He said, it accelerated like nothing I've ever seen. I have no idea what I saw. So UFOs back in the news again, mainstream, big time, big flap. This does occur just about every generation, about every 20 years, having studied this for a very long time. We do note that about every 20 years uh, this will occur. But there it is for uh, in this last 20 years. It's, it's up and going again. Well, Albert Einstein said, A human being is a part of the whole called by us universe. A part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings, as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons that are nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Bless you, Albert Einstein. How true, how true. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for tonight's news, Ariel. I'll be back again next week. Okay. Have a good show. Thank you so much. Great job tonight, and uh, it was really wonderful to hear about all the countries all over the world that are stepping up, you know, into, it- you know, protecting the planet. So. It's awesome. And we'd the never, United we'd never know. Be going backwards. What's that? <laughs> if it wasn't for you, we'd never know that. Well, it is wonderful. It's just, it's it just is. exhilarating. So there it is. It is happening. Good, good. All right. Good. I'm going to let you go ahead with the program, and I'll talk to you next week. Okay, Anastasia. Thank you so much for the Starseed News. Okay, so I'm going to um, get Lavendar and Tim's mic open here. Just give me a few seconds to click. Okay, well, Tim, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you with us tonight. Oh, Ariel, I have one word to say to you. Go dogs. I'll tell you what, I always (laughs) think the new dogs are smarter than cats, but now I know for sure. So uh, (laughs) I think that was Anastasia. I'm like Anastasia, I have cats and dogs, but I thought that was fascinating. I'll tell you what was more fascinating to me was, 67 million trees uh, planted in 12 hours. I would, I would love to see the logistics in that. I mean, how could that even be? Amazing to me. Amazing. Great stuff. Yeah. 
<clears throat> lot of lot of hands lot of hands make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So Lavender, are you are you there? I'm here. Okay, great. Well, um go ahead and take it away. Okay. So Tim Yes. Tell us about you and how you started with this wonderful foundation that you have in, in Georgia. Um, well, I'm, I've been in the healthcare field, the healthcare industry, probably over 30 years now. Um, I started out in mental health as a counselor, then got into senior care health. And I kind of rose the ranks uh, running nursing homes to assist living centers to uh, being a vice president of operations around the um, country, traveling all over the place, did the corporate corporate route. And then uh, I decided to go off my own and I started my own business, a uh, home health care company. And prior to that, I always had my belief of well, thoughts create a reality. I always knew on a metaphysical level that was more of a, more of a defining reality, closer, closer to what reality really is than it is that our reality creates our thoughts. So I always had that belief, but yet getting lost into the world, which is easy to do, and watching the news, I mean, listen, I can listen to that news every day because it was so positive, it was so accurate, and, you know, it wasn't propaganda, you know. So uh, going off and listening to the news, listening to all this negative stuff going on in the world and this crisis, I call it crisis of perception, it was taking a toll on my life, taking a toll on my, just my whole overall energy. I was very low vibrational. I was working. I didn't, wasn't really working my purpose and I had all the, you know, all the, all the shiny objects pop, possibly somebody could have at the time, but it wasn't, I wasn't happy. I wasn't satisfied. In fact, I was unhappy, uh, very much so. In fact, uh, I, I came to two conclusions. Either I'm going to build a bunker and live in it, <laughs> or I'm going to uh, start a foundation that I believe we could take, we could take our power back. We could take our power back through the, through the awakening of our, our, our intentions, the power of our intentions. And I do believe everything is a crisis of perception. It's all depending on how you look at it. And also what the, what the darkness is there for. It's for us to grow and learn from. So that's kind of out of that negativity, perceived negativity, the foundation was, was born and created. And, uh, and here we are today. So how, how long have you had this foundation in working there in Georgia? Sure, about 2009, but I really didn't start. Uh, I stepped down from running my business uh, a handful of years ago, but I really didn't start putting time and energy and uh, love into the foundation probably until uh, about two, three years ago. Okay. Is it about 2012 yeah. where you really took a giant leap with the work that you're doing now? Is Was that about the time? Because I noticed, you know, we were all kind of looking at the Mayan calendar for things to be happening on the planet, but what I really noticed was so many people were awakening to intentions, awakening to starseed, awakening to new vibrations that were coming to the planet. And and those new kids that were coming to the planet Uh, back in the 80s, they were up and grown now, and it seemed that there was a wave of them that was making a a great change on the planet. So did you you have this observation right after 2012 and 2013? Um, looking back now, Lavender, from what you're saying, I, I think that's around the, around the time, and that makes complete sense now. How interesting that that is the, the Mayan calendar when it stops and when we're in, the, in that moment of creating our reality, and we don't, we're going to uncharted territories, which to me it makes it even more exciting in the world right now. So how funny. I, that is really probably around the time this thing started really picking up. I was dedicating my time and energy, and, uh, and I think we started the radio show a couple, about two, three years ago. But um, interesting. See, I, I'm more of a kind of a scientific mindset type person, although I, don't, I believe I'm very open-minded and light on my feet these days on any beliefs. 
And I try to look at, not that I need to have it, but I look at a lot of the science aspects of like astrology, numerology, things like that, you know, and I concluded to my point, concluded to myself that I can see the science, there's enough science in astrology for me to list, give it, to give it a shot and see it just through the circumstantial evidence alone, not to mention the uh, interference patterns of frequencies and how they interact with each other from the, from the hertz, from the different planets and the, 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 the combinations and permutations that could be of these interactions of these interference waves that are connecting to each other, even to the moment when we're born. It, it, to me, that's enough science to say, you know what, we're not really caught up to it yet, but it makes sense because how can you describe something so perfectly by their, by their birthday? There has to be something behind that. So uh, I'm a believer on that sense, and I'm just looking forward to the day when science even comes further in to help explain astrology and, uh, and its power because you know, you can't get around it. I mean, there's no way. And, uh, and even for the, the science-minded people, I think it's, it's something that today you guys, if not, I'm sure you guys are seeing, people are waking up to it and they're like, well, that's not, that's not crazy. That actually, there's something going on with this. It's almost like a redemption time now that we're in this state of unknown of what's going to happen and we have the ability to create it uh, for people who, who are open-minded like yourselves, Ariel and Lavender, who, who actually see what you've been talking about for God, I don't know, for all, all those years and I don't know how long you've been involved in it on a, as, as, in your youth, but I'm seeing that from my beliefs, just with the aliens aspects of things. I'm seeing how things are just uh, really making more sense and we're, and people are being, I don't say forced to be open-minded, but they're getting all this information. I'm so glad there's people out there like yourselves who could be there for them when they're scared of like changing their own paradigm of thinking and they're seeing all these crazy things going on, perceived crazy things, and to have somebody like you all to say, hold on, listen, this is all right. This is what's supposed to be happening. This is, this is what's really happening when you peel back the onions. Well, you know, we, we've been on the air now. I guess this is going on the seventh or eighth year, and uh, we have a very awake audience. We have people yeah. that have discovered that they're different and that they're here to, to be of service to the planet. And so you're speaking to um, a group that will really get what you're saying about intention. So give us a little bit more about how you work with intention. Give us some examples, if you would. Do you have any stories sure. to tell about things that that oh, you started absolutely. out doing yeah. and then ha- how that you completed them? Oh, absolutely. In fact, well, one thing people have to realize is, as you all know, we're all energy. We're all um, vibrating at certain hertz, certain or certain frequency, right, vibration, uh, on a molecular level, which means – collectively, everything, a table, everything we're dealing with, we're in this three-dimensional matrix vibrating at frequencies, and we're tracking the frequencies through just electromagnetic experiences and other quantum reasons. So take, even though it's, you can't notice or see that because we deal with our five senses of interpretation, our set, smelling, or, or seeing, we can't notice that, but it's there. I mean, Einstein, it's, it's yet to kind of accept that that's the reality, even though we can't experience or see it. Some people can, but most people can't. And so with that being said, we have over 70,000 thoughts a day, as you all know, majority of them are repetitive and negative, and, uh, and 95% of our brain being ran by the subconscious mind, which is uh, 30,000 times more powerful than our conscious mind. So we talk about the secret, we talk about creating our reality with our intentions. Uh, people are like, well, I tried it, that's a bunch of hogwash because I wanted something and it didn't come about. You know, but we're not taking account that our subconscious mind is in charge, really, basically runs the show. And you may be wishing you were having... A, a new Bugatti, but your subconscious mind is saying that, you know, you deserve a Hyundai or whatever it may be. So they're not in sync. And so uh, one of the things for the foundation, what we do on this website, unitedintention.org, is we allow things to slow down and for you to create an intention on there 
uh, track that intention as it's being manifested in your life. And then, of course, realizing it one intention at a time. So you could, instead of looking at 70,000 thoughts a day, you could break one thought down or one intention down, I should say, that you could actually make sense. And we use a lot of Dr. Joe, principle, Joe, Joe Dispenza's principles that repetition, expectancy, and adding meaning to it to create that state of being. So we're all creating our reality every day. We're just not consciously aware of it if most people are not consciously aware of it. So we're not steering our reality. We're just kind of just going wherever the stream takes us. So once we realize the power of our intentions, we could steer what we want to experience to a certain degree as long as you're syncing what you subconsciously with your conscious, which is the life challenge, of course. So a lot of things that I experimented online with, and one of them was my I, – I, we have this intention scale that's called um, – that, that measures your, your belief, your present belief in that manifestation of that intention. And it goes from definitely not all the way to definitely. And I, and I would pick different types of intentions that I, that I felt my state of mind, my belief at that moment was definitely not, this is not going to happen. I just wanted to experiment and play with it, with the power of intention, the law of attraction, and so on down the line. And so I picked one that I knew that at the time I believed that it was definitely not going to happen, and that was my son lost his wallet. And I'm like, well, he he loses his head if he if he if he uh, if he if he if he if he wasn't screwed onto his neck, and um and so I said, I'll never will never see that wallet again. So I did the intention and I did the work and it's work in the sense you got to kind of you have to look at what's potential blocking you from believing that is there a possibility of believing that and you have to kind of go through certain steps on that process. But over a period of time, and it was only a couple of weeks that I started moving up that intention scale to a maybe. And then a maybe, and then I was understanding how I do create my reality, and I would I worked out. I was actually got up to a likely, and apparently his wallet. Two weeks later, so he lost for four months. I started doing that three weeks earlier, and then two weeks later, uh, his wallet appears in the in one of the the back rooms we have downstairs in the um, basement, and it's I'm sitting there looking at it on the shelf. I'm like I can't believe it, and I picked that up. Now that's like a small thing for to somebody. Well, that's just a coincidence. But when you start seeing things and you start realizing that you, you put a thought first or emotion, a feeling, which is most important, and you start connecting the dots that it appears or realized or it's manifested after the fact that you had that initial thought, it shifts your whole belief and empowerment of how, of how, how empowered we really are when we claim our intentions back. Because most of us, most of us create intentions for other people. We don't realize we've been creating intentions for our parents or or, or, you know, at school, anytime you watch the news, you're creating what they say to be believed. Like I, and we're all being programmed, good or bad. Like, I created intentions just based on, I think that was Anastasia talking about all these, the, there's a big win for 2018 for the trees. So I, now that intention is in my head. Thanks to her, that intention is in my head that these trees are really growing. So I'm going to assume that what happens tomorrow when I start going out, I'm going to be noticing trees more. I'm going to be focused where your power goes, your focus goes, right? Where your focus goes, your power goes. And I'm going to notice more trees going up and people planting trees because I'm creating that into my reality. That's how we create our reality, by those type of intentions. And so she helped create a positive intention. You can say program, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter. But that is now a belief of mine. I incorporated it and made it a belief of mine. And I know that I'll most likely see trees being planted and, and feel good about that. But unfortunately, a lot of that happens is on a nanosecond experience in our life in the other direction because the majority of our thoughts are negative. I'm thinking about that. 70,000 thoughts we have a day, the majority of them are negative or negatively repetitive. Our self-talk to ourselves, are just, we're just horrible to ourselves. We wouldn't ever think about saying that to a child. 
what we say to ourselves over any little thing. And so slowing down, looking at that, sinking in in what you're saying on, on that below the threshold understanding and looking at your one intention as you can at a time is the big experiment life. And then once you do it once or twice, you have some success, you start realizing, wow, I can do this with anything. And you challenge yourself a little bit bigger intention. Um, and so that's kind of a overall process is slowing down, stilling yourself, whether through meditation or just through um, grounding yourself with Mother Earth, right? So it's just getting out of this rat race, the news media, the, you know, looking up and seeing the chemtrails, look at all this stuff going on, everything, and pulling yourself together that you have the ability to create your reality. And that is the power, I think, when you say starseeds, the Palladians, um, these, um, these, these groups who are really allowing us or helping us or, or praying for us and are there to help us awaken to ourself, awaken to that own uh, power within us and recognizing and claiming it back finally is really what uh, is, the, is the, to me, is so we could steer our life. And we steer our life through our intentions, in my opinion. So energy follows thought with everything that you're saying. Right. Absolutely. There's no other way. And there's uh, no other physics, way. You know, when I was living in Cripple Creek back in 19, early 80s, I was um, having some very intense training by some higher beings. And one of the things that, that they had me do was take 25 pieces of paper and I was to write on them and stick it up all over my house. And, and the one phrase was, you are what you're conscious of. And so <laughs> I asked him, I said, what do I have to do this as well? We need to fine-tune your consciousness so that you'll be able to have strong intention and that you'll, the minute that you're conscious of a thing, you become it. And when yes. you get to that place where that happens, then you'll be a strong manifester. Well, it took mm-hmm. me about, oh, I don't know how many months of having these pieces of paper up on the wall. People would come to my house and they'd go, what in the world have you done with all these pieces? I said, <laughs> it's a little thing that I'm going through, and when it's over, I'll take them down. But, you know, it's something that I've kept all these years because that was probably the truest thing that they ever passed on to me was saying, you are what you're conscious of. You know, it is so true. And it, what's amazing about it, too, if you feel like for you to get something, you got to work hard or you got to um, do these certain steps to get it, then that's exactly what's going to happen for you to get that. So but it's, 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 what's most important is your present state of being. What is your belief? And when you think that, that subconscious belief, when you're able to bring a subconscious obstacle in your life to, to light, to consciousness, you're then able to transmute that and then use that new, new awareness, new awakening, new light to then focus on an intention that you want, whatever it may be, maybe a, a spouse, it could be a, a relationship, it could be, um, uh, it could be a, a, a physical object, it could be anything really. And once you're able to bring that up and you're now you just know, and it's a knowing, it's really a knowing and it's hard to put your finger on it, but the knowing when your subconscious mind is in sync with your conscious mind on a certain intention. And when you know, and you know, like you're going to, you're going to eventually, this show is going to end and, and we're going to go to bed tonight. We know that's going to happen. That's going to, that we're creating that reality. Uh, you know, we know we're going to wake up in the morning and brush our teeth. That's, and that's simple and easy said, but we, we have no doubt. So we're at a hundred percent knowing. It's when we doubt, when doubt seeps in, when there's that doubt, whatever we're manifesting perhaps doesn't look like how we're consciously aware of it because we're, we're, we're tainting it with doubt. And, um, and that's just also part of the Exhibit formula is that knowing versus the doubt. Well, you know, when, after this happened, I noticed that I started giving up belief systems and going into knowing. It was mm. where I started 
dropping a lot of fluffernut metaphysical jumbo bumble. You know, I just had to give it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because absolutely, into knowing, belief systems just can't play anymore. Exactly, and it's hard though. It's hard because now you got we got our our consciousness right, as you know, and then we have our collective conscious. And our collective consciousness is very powerful. It's our collective. It's all of us. We're all one with each other. We're all connect, interconnected with each other. And we're really all one. But here in this three-dimensional experience, we're, we, do, we separate ourselves. So, uh, so we're, we're subjected to that collective conscious belief. But when you're able to fly in that opposite direction or go outside that paradigm where everybody else is and challenge, challenge yourself and others, and, and you're in a different complete belief system. I mean, there's no doubt you believe this to be true. That to me is probably the most incredible time to be alive today is when you're able to do that and you're realizing that you're on the edges of consciousness and you're expanding it. You yourself is expanding the collective consciousness as you go forward with your knowing and your belief. To me, that's just, I mean, Shil's just saying that. That is probably the most incredible experience when you find yourself and I, and I think people find themselves periodically in moments of that, sometimes longer. But to me, that is, makes life all worth living, especially in these days. So tell us more about what you offer from your foundation. Do people come there to do lectures? Do you have a big, a big auditorium? Sure. Do you have a college? Tell me more about how your, your, your uh, process works. Right. Well, we have a multiple things. So we do, of course, a radio show for Awakening Awareness. But uh, we also have an online online. Uh, I would say a, a, a site that actually is kind of like Facebook in a sense. You're able to meet and to interact with people, but it's all about showing people how to create an intention. You create an intention, and you could then, whatever intention you're wanting, it shows you how you could add meaning to it by adding videos and pictures and, and vision boards. You could deal with your subconscious beliefs blocking that intention by going into that. It tells you, shows you how you could spill yourself and then what deal with those obstacles coming up and how you can repeat and expect it, and where you are on the intention scale. Where am I right now believing it today? Am I believing a little bit stronger? Am I more unlikely or definitely is it going to occur on knowing? Um, and so you measure that. And the best part about it, you do that with other people. As you're making friends on the site, you are able to help other people create their intentions. When two more people come together in prayer, when two more people come together in united intention, there's an electromagnetic uh, exponential increase in energy. It's just, that's, just, that's science now. And so here, and we're all frequency thoughts. We know our frequency and properties, and that's all it is. It's just thoughts manifesting in like with each other. And so we have offer that on the site as well. And also, the big thing is the Imaginif program. We created a, uh, a five-module SEL, social emotional learning learning program, for children from first grade to twelfth grade, which we just rolled out this year or, or 2017. And um, and it's showing children how their thoughts create their reality. Broken down on a on the, on, a, on a first grade level, we talk about goals and how they steal themselves and how they're they're recognizing um, changing their perception first will change what they experience. And so think about that. Imagine if we knew that our thoughts create our reality as first grade. You know, I'm just doing a lot of back work right now in my in my you know 40s and you know, 50s. So I'm catch I'm catching up now, right? So. Um, but if I knew that in first grade, where would I? Where would I? Where would this world be? Where would my world be? that I was creating if I knew I was empowered in first grade. So that's really a big uh, for us, this SEL program. We're rolling it out uh, not only in California but also in Georgia, and we're going down to Washington, D.C. Jennifer, who's the creator of that, going to Washington, D.C. and trying to get some lobbying going on to get these programs put into, into, into legislation to actually 
change the next generation on their thought process so they're not caught up into this crisis of perception that they realize that they create their perception. They create their, their world through their perception. And if they have, they're in charge of the perception, they can create any world they really want to experience. I think that's a very smart move, you taking it and legislating it, because once you get a curriculum uh, into a school or college or wherever you're putting it, um, it, it's the foundation that people will look toward for, for truth. Yes. So yeah, I, I no, really, I, I, I think I uh, it may be a hard fight when you get to Washington to get it done, but it'll yeah, be worth yeah, it when yeah. you get it done. No, listen, I agree. I agree 100%. And, um, and to me, a lot of people, we're, we're starting the home schools and the private schools, and we have some public schools show interest. It's going to have to be a ground floor movement because, but, but it, it's, it's a lot of this darkness in the world, whatever you want to call it, Luciferian, or you want to call it uh, bad aliens, or whatever the case may be, in my opinion, it's, it's all there for us to grow through, but it's all malleable. It's all malleable through the power of our, our intentions, and we can change it um, as we go forward in our belief system. And, we don't, and if we believe that it's scary and, it, and it's fear and fear is limiting us and, and not allowing us to risk and take chances or whatever, and we believe harm is going to come, then that's what we're going to experience. So it's really important to create that inner, inner consciousness of, of love, safety, of protection as you move forward in this world speaking your truth. It's, it's having your own, as in Star Trek, your own, your own uh, shield of protection, the sense of, of creating that state of being and knowing that this is a very beautiful and uh, abundant universe and we can create it wherever we want and remind ourselves, even amongst all the negative uh, perceived negative experiences that are going on in politics and in the wars and all the other um, all the other man-made uh, or, or maybe alien-made problems going on, and so uh, I think that's the true power. Once we understand that this could transform a world, and then you multiply that by millions of others with that united belief that their intentions, united intentions, can change the world almost overnight by uh, knowing by 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 really realizing that we have that power, things change, and they have been changing. Is that A lot of people go back and forth with doubt and fear, and it keeps us in a very low vibrational state of being, and a lot of people are trying to keep us there because we're easily, we're more, you're more controlled by fear and, and low vibrational thinking. So uh, take our power back. Step up, face it, go into it, transmute that fear, and watch your whole world change right in front of your eyes. Yes, well, one of the things that I've been observing recently is that we're kind of coming to a crescendo where everything gets to be blown up and and destroyed, and that's okay because I think the star seeds and the and the the new consciousness that's on the planet is going to rebuild it. And sometimes things have to go to ashes before they can rise up like a phoenix. So I'm very hopeful about the star seeds and the new people that are on the planet because we have some wonderful um, adventures ahead of us if we can just keep our eye on the prize. Uh, listen, I agree with you, and I think this shift, I think the Earth's shifting at a much faster frequency than perhaps the human mindset is, and that's why there's a lot of uh, disruption and chaos in some level because we're trying to catch up to what's, where we're going. But I, I do agree with you 100% that it is, it's like a wound that's just festering and oozing out all this nasty, nasty stuff. To heal, we have to release this. And, and I believe, truly believe the dark is getting darker right now and the light is getting lighter, which means the gray is getting grayer because they're recognizing themselves, they're recognizing each other for the first time, perhaps, 
that, you know, wow, you exist. Oh, wow, you exist. And that to me is the, is the, the precursor of the healing process is the communication between the light and the dark and recognizing each other that they're there and um, making a choice. I mean, and making that choice. Do you want to stay in darkness or do you want to, you want to move in the light? Do you want to move further in the light or you, 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 where are you? Do you want to help people in the gray? So it's, I think it's really all one, but these shades of, I call it shades of paradigm shifting, uh, is all you could find on, if you put a dope, dope chart together, you'd find everybody individually all over the area in whatever shade of color they're in and fluctuating based on whatever life events are occurring. And so I think it's a fascinating uh, idea. And uh, I don't know, to me, to you, I'm sure you feel the same way. It is so great to be alive right now on these uncharted territory. I feel like I'm on a Star Trek, Inter- Star Trek Enterprise unknown charter territory right now. We're going in and I know my soul's here this time around to have this experience and I wouldn't miss this for the world. I don't care what happens. And I don't think the worst has to happen. I think that's been embedded in the collective consciousness that this has to happen. I don't feed into that in that as much as I perhaps used to. And so I think the less people feed into that, this outcome, all these warnings, the apocalypse, all this stuff, it was a, if it was a warning, it was a warning that doesn't have to be this way by taking back our power of our intentions and steering and creating a new world with others and with a mind, like mine is set. So I don't think we have to go through this horrible transition that the media and the movies and everything else is coming up and saying. I think it could be a much smoother process, but it's going to be up to us, up to us on an individual level to realize that and to take our power back and to use it for what we believe to, in, in the name of love. So have you been invited to do any TED Talks? Um. Not yet. I just started uh, getting my, my myself out there. Uh, I just we got some. Uh, just I've been trying to keep the foundation going. We're self sufficient, and we just started expanding. Um, but we just did a big Doctors Who Rock Award for these integrative doctors in Orlando uh, uh, just last year in November, where I started getting a little bit of attention. Uh, where I the United Intentions Foundation was one of the sponsors for Doctors Who Rock, and we had doctors like Dr. Mercola, Dr. Sinatra, Dr. Cowden, and all the world renowned docs who are showing people how, you know, we got to take into account our electromagnetic energetic cells, not just our, our chemical responses that big pharma tries to keep us locked in for their own selfish purposes. And so uh, to me, that was a big step forward of getting out there and starting to share. So uh, no, I, no, I, I'm definitely open to a TED Talks. So I think that would be a fantastic ex- experience as well as uh, I, love their, I love their setup. I think it's really neat. I'm going to the uh, – uh, we're doing a panel on uh, – on the the collective um, collective uh, the conscious expo in in uh, February, so we'll be there. Well, as you were talking, I could see you doing a TED talk. That's why I wanted to know if you'd done it already. <laughs> oh wow! So this this is one of your psychic moments. Are you picking up me me in the future? <laughs> I love that. If you are, <laughs> I could certainly see you doing that. So, um, have you had any ET experiences or any celestial, you know, knockings in your room at night or anything that you could share with us? You know, I'm a big paranormal. I used to be part of MUFON. Uh, I hear all the stories. I read every alien book out there. I just interviewed uh, Clyde Lewis from Black Money about, I think, um, uh, Anastasia was talking about that last video that he came out on. So I'm a big avid believer, and I, and I think this is part of my, my, my reason why I'm here this lifetime, is not to have real experiences, but to go on either knowing faith or intuition. Um, or I don't know why, but I, I just I would love to have an alien experience. 
a positive one, you know. Um, but uh, the closest I'd say paranormal experience I've ever had was probably a out of body experience that didn't last long at all. But um, but no, but I'm a big supporter and understanding and belief of the aliens and the different agendas and the good aliens and the bad or perceived bad aliens and the perceived good aliens. And um, I, I've done a lot of work and research in that over the last 30 years, and I think I have a pretty good bigger picture of it all. But um, it's fascinating. I don't, I don't know how important it is to our own personal growth, but it's it's there for for fodder and, and enjoyment and um, uh, interest. Because uh, if, you know, if you want to look at an alien, I tell everybody all the time, go look in the mirror. If you think you have a, a soul or a spirit, the definition of an alien is being here from terrestrial terrestrial land here from Earth. If you think your spirit's from Earth, most people say no, it's not from Earth. It's from somewhere else. Then you're an alien, you know, <laughs> unless you don't think you have a spirit or soul, right? We call them star seeds. <laughs> star seeds. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking at the time, so I would like to uh, pass you over to my co-host Ariel. And we okay. have a, a switchboard that may there may be some people that want to call in and talk to you, so we, we'd be willing to talk to some of our listeners. Absolutely. Okay. So stay connected with us uh, because we would love to be part of anything that you're doing. And uh, anytime you have something special that you want to come back and announce, you know, don't hesitate to, to call me or email me, even if you just want to come on for five or ten minutes to announce something. We're here for you to do that. Okay. Well, Lavendar, thank you so much. In fact, I'm going to invite you guys onto our show. Okay, uh, we have a couple different shows on our network, and um, and I'll, I'll see you get a good show for you guys. That you may enjoy, want to get get the word out of here because what you're doing to me is the not the end game, but it's the ultimate. You're you're so guys are so far ahead of most of the collective consciousness that eventually they're going to catch up to you. But we need you out there. Uh, you may be a little lonely, but we need you out there, and everyone who believes this out there. So when people, when when the masses do awaken, you're there to help support, you know. Right. And I think you, what you guys are doing is such a critical critical role, and my hats off to you. And and we'll definitely all stay connected without a doubt. You know, for for a while I thought there were just thousands of us, but now I know there's millions, millions of us <laughs> that are go. rising up as star seed on the planet. So thank you for being our guest tonight, and back to you, Ariel. Okay. Well, uh, we actually uh, have a caller that's been waiting, and um, okay. we'll just uh, get right to that in, in just um, 30 seconds. But if anyone uh, has a question or comment for Tim, if you're already on the switchboard, then you just need to press 1 so we know you want to come on the air with a question. And if you're listening on the computer, then pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1. So um, right now, you are going to be talking to Paul. So let me get your mic open, sweetie. Okay, Paul, you are on the Good air night. with Tim Rigg. Go ahead with your question. Hey, hey Paul. Uh, G'day, Tim. And my name is actually Bob, B-O-B. And I'm calling oh, from the Whitsunday okay. Islands in Australia. And so there is a time delay. So gotcha. um, I'll ask you. Yeah, and uh, love love what you're doing, uh, simpatico. Uh, the question oh. I would pose is, do you prefer knowing to knowledge? Because for me, where I am in my journey, my mind is just a tool that I use when I choose, and thinking is the weapon of mass distraction. It wasn't until I silenced my mind that I could actually finally hear my inner me, my inner tuition. 
So now I live in heart space and I live in my knowing. And I love where we are in the evolution of consciousness because for me the evolution of consciousness is exponential and we have just turned the corner and it's an awesome ride. And uh, finally, all this stuff that's happening in the world, um, the way I look at that is whatever is not nurturing for me, I simply call the beast and I no longer feed the beast and the beast is dying. And I live by where attention whose energy flows. Right. You're talking about the, the law of attraction. For me, what, what I give my attention to, I become conscious of. So yeah. to create my dream, and I am living my dream, it's a matter of attention, intention, and then manifestation. But it's, for me, it's not a thinking process. I feel it's a, a feeling energy that yeah. manifests what I want in my life. It's nothing to do with the mind. So, um, well, um, Bob, Bob, yeah. I, I hear I hear what you're saying. I think it's brilliant, and I agree with you uh, to the to the point of that you have to slow the mind to be able to get into that heart space and to understand that. At the same time, um, our ego people just kind of diminish ego altogether, and they say, "Well, you need to get rid of ego," and I don't think that's a healthy place either. I think it's a combination of of using your thinking, your knowledge, as a tool, like you're using your brain as uh, indicator like our ego is really our external sensors. We we need our ego. We need our mind to navigate through this three dimensional world. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to use our senses to navigate. And otherwise, if we weren't using our mind, we could interpret this and then transfer that into a, a yeah. heart understanding. You know. So I think you need your. You, if we gotta take a lot of the power away from the mind, and but we need it. We need it balance the ego. We need to balance it with our heart and knowing. Um, and together as a team, and in, in, when it's in line, I think it could be like the nuclear power plant. The nuclear power plant. It could, it, could, it could destroy everything, or it could bring light to everything. And I think it's going to take that balance. But I agree with you that we are way too far as a society and as a world lost in our mind and lost in knowledge. Can, and, I, um, can, I, res- go ahead. can I respond Did to that, Tim? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thank you, mate. Um, I love the concept of the talking stick. For me, my, the platform I stand on is all are equal and all are unique. And in my own journey, and I set my um, life's purpose to, to be to simply find my own truth because I am master and commander of my life. And I also set my conscious life intention to be I am here to have a gentle, joyful, loving and abundant life. But for me, the conclusion I've come to now at the age of 65 is all I have is my personal life experience. That is my truth, and that is my journey. But I also realize that the only person in the whole universe that it is valid for is me, because everyone else will have their own unique um, truth and journey. And so uh, what I am doing is simply sharing my truth, sharing my journey in the hope that it will resonate with other equal sovereign people. And I believe we are all sovereign. I reckon every being in the universe is an equal sovereign. And so um, the phrase I use now is when people share what works for them, I say, well, whatever works for you, you know, that's great that it works for you. But I am with me now and uh, you know I spent 20 years trying to commit suicide I've faced my own death a dozen times I've been down that dark road 
and it was the pain of depression that actually drove me to find my own answers. So I am totally content with me, and I, I just love the concept of people sitting in a circle, sharing the talking stick, and sharing their personal life experience, because for me that's the only real data anybody really has. And by sharing that data, I can finally say, well, thank you, Tim. I now know you better, for you have mm. shared your truth, not your right. opinion. For me, all of, for me, all opinions are worthless. They're like hearsay yeah. evidence in court because they are not yeah. based on personal life experience. So that's where exactly. I'm at. And I love showing um, I, I, I think it's a, a beautiful place to be. To share. Yeah. I'm, I'm wrapped, mate. I lost everything to Cyclone Debbie on March the 23rd. I lived on a boat for eight years and I lost everything, you know, to the cyclone. But for me, in my life, because I create my life and I'm responsible for my life I never worry about the why something happened because the why is in the past and I live in the now but the answer to the why is always the same I created this event for there is a lesson that I need to learn here so what is that lesson I need to learn and the lesson I learned from losing my home I managed to save my two dogs Barnaby and Charlie, but the lesson I learned from that event was to totally let go of the attachment to things. Now, the Mm. things I have in my life, which are very few, the only value they have is for their their utility. They help me do stuff. Just one lesson, you know. Every event that I create, there's a lesson that I need to learn that I can fold into my truth and move and take forward with me on my journey. And for just for an old fitter turner that spent 25 years in automotive research, um, the inner, the inner road is the only road for me. There's no out there, out there, you know, it's, it's beautiful. And thank you for the work you're doing, Jim. And thank you for your greatest gift, which has been your time and your attention. So thank you very much, Tim. And thank you, no, the hosts no. of this show, for letting me share. Namaste, Bob. Wonderful, wonderful words. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Bob, can I ask you where you're calling from? Australia. The Whitsunday, the Whitsunday Islands, which is off the northeast coast of Australia. Um, it's my nearest neighbor is the Great Barrier Reef, which is the biggest living organism on the planet. But since I lost my boat, I'm, I'm a, if you're into navigation, I'm about 20, 20 degrees south of the equator and 148 degrees east of the Greenwich Meridian. So anybody on Google Maps, it's all right. I don't mind you telling anybody. The CIA already know where I am. So. <laughs> no, no, I was, I, I was just curious because we do have a, a global audience and um, – um, and it's really heartwarming for us to know that we are reaching around the globe. So thank you so much for calling in. Well, what I'll just close before you mute me is I think the most important thing for me is the way you have treated me with respect and allowed me to share. Now, there are so many shows out there that say, oh, have you got a question? But for me, living with living in my inner knowing and my intuition, I very rarely have a question that I cannot answer myself. So for me, I think the way forward 
what my ideal my ideal show would be a show called the Talking Stick, where the host merely says to everybody that comes online, opens their mic and say, "Good day, please take a seat at the table. What would you like to share today?" And then the person picks up the talking stick, shares their truth, and the duty of everybody else in the circle is to simply listen with their heart, with acceptance and validation. Because if there is a reaction, then they are listening with their mind, and that's their ego. So that would be my ideal format, a show whose only intention is the sharing of personal truth, turn by turn, as equal sovereign. Well started, Bob. You can do well it. Started, Bob. <laughs> I've broadcast a couple, I've broadcast a couple of times, Tim, as the spiritual mechanic. But living in the now, I'm not sure what year it is, what day it is, what month it is. Um, I don't wear a watch. I don't. I do not own a pair of shoes. And until I lost my boat, I, the only time I, the only time I wore clothes was when I came ashore. So uh, I don't. You know, it would be a lovely idea, but I'd probably forget to turn up to my own show. But <laughs> if, somebody wants to, uh, if, if somebody wants to host it, I'd gladly co-host it because they can remind me to turn up. <laughs> well, I, uh, hey, I'm closed with this one, mate. And this, one, this one really made me laugh. I, I, loved, I love to close with a laugh. Um, I saw it the other day. Religion is for those folks that are afraid of going to hell. And spirituality <laughs> is for those folks that have already been there. So, I love you, Lydia, and I hope to call it again. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much, Thank you, my Bob. friend. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Well... Oh, oh that was a um, wonderful, wonderful oh, caller. You know, and and, and I, I wish him, I wish him, he seemed, seemed, I pick up his, his energy. He wants the boat back. And, I, and I'll tell you what, I think he'll manifest a boat, whether it's the same boat or a boat, he'll get his boat back. And I think he'll find himself in glee and in bliss right at that point. Um, and with a different attitude and not being so attached to it, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a uh, great lessons he has shared with us, huh? Absolutely. We've got um, we've got another caller on deck, and as soon as they are um, out of the screening room, sure. we'll have another question for you. But um, how do people find your radio show? Um, if you go to unitedstage.org, it's on that radio show. We're creating a, a separate radio show as well. But if you go to Spreaker.com, uh, we're on uh, FM Radio 2, 99.1 WDJY, as well as uh, we're tied RSC into Blog Talk, into uh, iHeartRadio, into um, iCloud and a whole bunch of different other venues. But we're also we're on YouTube, too. You can go to our YouTube channels. Uh, go to YouTube, United Intentions Foundation. We have, you know, thousands of, of subscribers. Uh, also, Facebook. We do Facebook Live on our shows as well. You go to our Facebook, uh, United Intentions Foundation, Facebook backslash United Intentions Foundation, and we have sh- shows and shows. You can actually see us in the studio as well as listen. So uh, there's multiple mediums. We, we try to do that because... Uh, we're able to reach more people. And plus, everyone has, you know, some people want to listen in the car and they don't want to watch. Some people just want to sit there and watch videos. Some people want to uh, just be on Facebook the whole time, you know, whatever it may be. So we try to, uh, we try to kind of spread the word on that level to get it out there and really have really fascinating interviews. I mean, some of the folks are coming on are just 
like we had Dr. Bruce Lipton on um, as well, and uh, and he was uh, boy, I just one of my favorite guests. I mean, what an incredible soul! Have science and understanding along with spirituality being tuned to that is um, seen rest. Obviously, it's it's seldom these days, but it's 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 beautiful to see when it happens. And I think a lot of these new doctors and scientists are waking up that they find God, God is all there is, in the cell, in the molecule, in the atom, uh, because it's 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 us, it's in everything, it's everywhere, in my opinion. Oh, it is, <laughs> it is. So our our next caller is uh, ready to go. You're going to be talking right. to Lynn. Let me get your mic right. open. Hey, Lynn, how are you doing? Thanks for calling. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy New Hi, Year. Hi. I I just wanted to make a quick comment on how much I enjoyed your discussion and your thoughts, and it's very exciting. And to the caller, I'm ready to co-host with him, and it'll just take me a little while to get to get organized enough to get him organized. But, but I, I think I think the talking stick is a great um, thing, and it's why uh, the star seeds, I believe, are moving forward. Is because they're allowing each other to speak, and it's so necessary. Well, you know, to his point, which I thought was right on is that it's a uh, all we really have is our experiences i mean we could say there's a god we could say that this is what's going to happen we could say all these things vote for this person because they're going to be great but it's all opinions and we really don't know there's not a knowing there what we do know what isn't knowing is what my experiences were and how i feel about my experiences and as i share them with another person like with the talking stick concept uh, it triggers them and their experiences and they share. And what we gain, I think what we gain from that experience is, is because everyone's a reflection in the mirror of ourselves. We see ourselves in others. And um, as they talk about maybe things that are not very happy or not very positive, we still, we, and we recognize and we identify with them because we see within ourselves. And so when people share their story, it's really our story. You know, the old saying, as uh, I think Eckhart Tolle says, that the teacher and the talk create the teaching. And the talking stick seems like that would be a great forum where the, the teacher and the talk can create the teaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and, and as we all know, as, as we go and, and you know, um, recall our story and it amplifies our story and embeds our story and our belief. And, and so to be able to... <sighs> Um, have that open discussion, we, I agree, we see a bit of our self in each of that. And so it's always in the telling that <laughs> where the importance comes. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100% with you on that. Well, I appreciate you and I'll, I'll get your information from um, Ariel and Lavendar because I have been very involved in education, and I might be able to help steer you a little bit on your um, program. Absolutely. Please do. Uh, you know, uh, and have, share my email with, with her off air, and because um, and, that's one thing we're trying to do is get this program. We just rolled it out. Um, and, you know, as you could tell, not many schools or at least the, the mentality is, uh, you know, we don't want to empower kids any more than they already are, right? So, uh, and so we have to shift and change that to where, where, where children are taking back their power at you at a young age. 
them realizing they're, they're creators. They're creators like everyone else. And if they learn that they're creators at a young age, you know, think where they'd be today. They'll be like, you well, flying around, flying around the stars. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the, the sad thing is that the science is so clear that prenatally to 10 years old, 90% is done. And we mm-hmm. wait until they're five or six to even, you know, allow them to have, and then we put them in front of a talking head so that they're totally, uh, you know, they don't want to do anything. And who can blame them? Oh, uh, you know, and I don't want to slam the education system. It's been a slow, slow deterioration. It's just an antiquated system is the problem. It really is. It is, exactly. And, you know, where they, where they teach, you know, history, which to me is, they teach time and time and events, events and times, which is irrelevant, which is irrelevant. They need to be teaching causation and motivation behind the history. And that's what's most important. And it's not even, it's not taught. And I mean, what is an event and, and a t- knowing an event and a, and a time when it happened, what does that do for our, for our, our knowing? Very little. I mean, but knowing a cause and knowing a motivation, we could perhaps maybe avoid the same problems that we've been experiencing over and over again through time. <laughs> Well, as as we know, um, if if history repeats itself, and we all understand that it does, then history is prophecy. So why mm-hmm. don't we do exactly what you're saying and look at the cause of, of the, the, and be the prophet and not do it again? Exactly. We have been sold a sale of goods that somebody's going to come here and save us, and so we'd have to sit back and do nothing. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and whether that's true or not, I'm very open-minded these days and very light on my feet. You know, whether that's true or not, I prefer to believe that um, my awakening is what's most important. Uh, and my awakening is claiming my power back, uh, my God-given right, my God-given intentional right. And that's right. One of my definitions of intention, living an intentional life, is <clears throat> is connecting to the flow, the source of life, God, God is all there is, Jesus, whatever, whatever whatever makes sense to you that you believe by that energy of love, that love vibration, um, when you're connected to that and you're living and making decisions out of that vibration, out of that frequency, that to me is living an intentional life. Here, here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, like I say, I appreciate it very much and um, I'll, I will get further information from um uh, Ariel and sure. Lavendar. Sure, sure. And you can go to unitedintentions.org. You can sign up, free membership. It's free for everyone. And I'll friend you as a friend. We could communicate that way too. I prefer that way, okay. honestly. Be good. All right. Okay. We can do that. Great. Thank you, Ariel. Oh, thank you so much, Lynn. It's always good to hear from you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, and um, yeah, and I know Lynn was serious. She has done a lot of wonderful things, um, very high-level things, so um, she'll be a a really good ally for you. Well, fantastic. Uh, Trust me, this is a a group effort, and uh, more more of the merrier, because I think it's critical at this point. It's it's so important and critical, I think, for us to teach our children this is a simple concept, thoughts first, Feelings first, reality second, experience second. That can shift your whole, get you out of the whole victim mentality role, get you out of all the things that we're attracting on a lower vibration because you realize the connection, wow, how I feel and how I think 
is what I'm going to experience. And like, like uh, Lavendar said about consciousness. And, and once you make that connection, you live your life every day, thoughts, feelings first, reality experience second, then you connected the dots and you have just given you an opportunity to turn your life around and take control and, and master it. Not be the master that we're meant to be, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's, it, I have, um, I've been saying for a long time that everyone's individual power exists in their moment of choice. Mm. You know, do you choose to lash out and speak words of anger or do you choose to uh, forgive and love and help you know, every little decision that you make as to how you treat other people, you're exercising your power, and you can use it for good or not. So and obviously, if you, use it, if you use it for good, your own life situation will elevate. It's just the way energy works. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to be with us this evening. And, um, and to Bob, who I know is, is still listening, uh, we do use the talking stick in a in a. We don't do it on the radio, but we do that uh, the first night um, at our Starseed quests. Everyone gets the stick, <laughs> the talking stick, and one by one, you know, they they speak their truth, and everyone is in support of that. So it is a very powerful and um, um, great way to connect people that um, are coming together maybe for the first time, and you allow well, everyone yeah, to yeah. have that. I call it intentional community building. I mean, intentional communities is what our future lies, in my opinion. <clears throat> Excuse me, when we um, start purposefully and intentionally uh, uh, and being conscious of attracting people in our life, and we make the efforts and act, take the actions to stay connected and stay um, in in in, uh, in frequency with, we're building that community. And it doesn't have to be the community doesn't have to be in your backyard anymore. The community could be over. Off of islands in Australia right now, so you know it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be uh, a proximity of the community. This is an intentional community, and that's one thing with the website United Intent Foundation. It's an intentional community. You can do all over the world, communicating with each other, helping each other. Uh, we have we have the ability on there to you you could type in your show your gratitude, what you're grateful for, what's your acts of kindness, what you're after, what do you love, healing requests, and these are all important because not just on a not just on a just a positive way, but you know, when you're laughing, it decreases your stress hormones, increases your immune cells, and, and, and infection-finding antibodies. I mean, there's biochemical reactions from having a higher vibrational experience, uh, especially in a world where we're being, our immune system is under attack every day through toxins in the air and our food and the, in the water. And so it's so more important than ever before to be in that parasympathetic state of mind by um, creating this self-protection, and, and we have this obligation to our cells, to our parasites, to our bacteria, in our body, to our DNA that makes up us as a human, and, and our, they're our team. I call it Tim, Team Tim. That's my team, and, uh, and, and they're there, and I have to make sure I honor them, and, and if, if cancer shows up in our life, if it appears in a certain part of your body, instead of looking at it from an alien perspective that this doesn't belong there, know that it's there to tell us something that we're not listening to. They're in pain. Those parts of those cells weren't always that way. They attracted this because of decisions and actions and, and, and the thoughts and the feelings that we're, that we're experiencing on a daily basis on a collective. And so it's there for us to wake up to our own self and our own team and, and to honor that. 
And so I think it's critical to be in a state of mindset where you are sharing your acts of kindness and even witnessing an act of kindness. You know, I don't know if you knew this, but when you witness an act of kindness, you actually are releasing um, um, serotonin and certain very positive biochemicals in your, in your body just by witnessing somebody do something kind. So it's just so important to not lose yourself in the media or in the television or the TV or the news or the, um, you know, other than listening to Starseed News, which is very positive and very, very releasing good, good hormones. So it's important to make those decisions every day and not allow yourself to go there. And when you do, and we all do, trust me, I, I'm on this whole emotional scale of anger to depression to joy to love at any given moment. I'm as human and you're as human as anybody else. And uh, we'll say things regret, but to know to come back, to always come back to that understanding that we live in a beautiful, harmonious, um, abundant universe. And it's all up to us for our experience, what we want to um, experience. Right. And, you know, if, if someone's life is not pleasing to them, you have to take responsibility and you know, instead of being the victim, and it's like, well, this is like not my fault because someone else did this to me. Um, yeah. You know, it's like that. That needs to be turned around, and um, you know, take responsibility that you know maybe you allowed that to happen, maybe you attracted it by default, as you said. You know, the subconscious mind is always, you know, uh, expressing itself, even though it's kind of, kind of sneaky. Um, yeah, yeah, but you can, yeah, you, know, you can choose and, and, and absolutely. And you know, and it's not, and it's not, Ariel. Sorry about it. It's not, it's not that it's, it's not. Um, it, it's, it's, yes, it's sneaky, but, but you're, what you're experiencing, if it's very, if it's very negative, it's not easy to come from uh, depression to um, to hope, but if you could climb that scale slowly, you'll get to joy eventually. You know, go from depression to anger. You know, anger, you're claiming some of your power back on the, on the, on the emotional guidance scale. So when you get to anger, because this has to be a really good place to be because you're not depressed and hopeless anymore. And then from anger, you get yourself to um, another feeling of, of perhaps just um, blah, whatever it may be. Be happy that you're not in anger anymore and you're climbing the scale. And so those are wins and successes that we should recognize. And allow yourself to stay in that anger if that's what you're there for, but to learn, but not to live there, to recognize it, be aware of it, see its purpose, and then move on from that feeling. But to avoid it, to ignore it, or I call people who live in denial-based positive thinking, where I can only think of positive things all the time, I can't think of anything else, I only think positively, that is just as bad as anything else because you're attracting those lower frequency vibrations through fear of not thinking anything other than positive. So, you know, embrace your darkness, embrace your dark, embrace your dark side. It's there for a reason. And look at it from what you can learn from it. Like Bob was saying, you know, he lost his boat. And, you know, it was a big, a big loss, I'm sure, to him. But it was a great opener, eye-opener, and perhaps he needed something that big in his life for him to wake up and realize that his attachment to things are not really important. They're an illusion. So, um, you know, could it have been something smaller that he could have done and woke up to that years earlier? Yeah, perhaps. But the universe is always going to give you something a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger until you wake up to that. And that's where you know the universe is on your side because it it's perpetuates that, that growth if you see it from that perspective, if you recognize it from that perspective, and you honor that from that perspective. Very good words of wisdom. 
And we're so happy that you were able to spend this time with us this evening. And as Lavendar said, any time that you you roll out something new or you want to promote something or announce something, uh, keep us in mind because we are completely um, in support of what you're doing. And uh, we thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you, Ariel. And we definitely will. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be in contact here soon. Uh, and I look forward to our, our new relationship and uh, growing and, and, um, and shaking up the world for the better. Let's paradigm shift this world. Why not? It's time. <laughs> it's time. So once again, uh, just before we wrap up, the website is unitedintentions.org. And um, you can go on there, see all the resources available, and uh, you know, do what you can to support and help others as well to find their way there. Absolutely. So, Thank you so much. You are so welcome, Tim. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, to all of our listeners, we thank you as well for listening. We'll be back next week. And until then, count your blessings every day. We all have so much that we take for granted. So focus on what you do have so that more comes your way. So good night, Tim. Good night. Thank you so much. Take and care. Thank you, to, thank you so much to our team as well for helping out tonight, Fiona and Jada. And we'll see you all next week. Until then, yes. take care. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 